seek him tonight. Make it a holy place as we sing out to the Lord. Come on, lift your voice with us tonight. Lord, I pray that tonight you would fend the flames, Lord, of your Holy Spirit that is within us, Lord. 
within us, Lord, where your spirit lives, where you would revive the fans and the flames, Lord. Your spirit within us, Lord, that would become holy ground, Lord. Reviving that again. Reviving us, Lord, in that. Just sing that together. Come on, sing. Chains fall Come on. Jesus, only he can change it. Sing. Jesus, you change everything alive. I'm still healed. Hope is them to see you and me, Jesus. Come on. You are. You are my life and my treasure. The one that I can't live without. Here at your feet, my desires and dreams I lay down. Here at your feet.
want to be more like Jesus. That be our prayer tonight, church. Lord, to give up of ourselves, Lord, that we would truly seek you in every way. And tonight, Lord, here with our heart in our hand, Jesus, here with our heart in our hand, Lord, that you would lead the way, that you would guide us in every step of the way, Lord. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Seek ye first. And all these things would be added unto us. So, Father, we seek you, Lord, that you would make us more like your son, Jesus. Lord, I pray, Lord, Jesus, that we'd be more like you, Lord, to honor your name, Lord. Let's sing that together, church. If more, if more you means less. Come on. Take everything. That's right. Yes, all of you is all I need. Say, take everything. Sing it again, church. Come on. From the depth of that heart. Come on. If more. Lord, take it all. Take everything. Get me out of the way, Lord. Do your work. tonight, Lord, in this time of worship, Lord, with our brothers and our sisters here tonight, Lord. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for that. Here with a heart in our hands, Lord. Oh, Lord, change me like only you can, Lord. We have tried everything else, Lord. But, Lord, change me like only you can, Lord. I've come with my heart in your hands. My heart, Lord, in your hands. No longer in my hands, Lord, but in your hands, Lord, that you would lead the way. Heavenly Father. Lord, so thank you, Lord. We give you thanks for this time together, Lord, in this time of worship. Lord, and for touching our hearts here tonight, Lord, as you smiled upon us tonight, Lord, with this time, Lord, in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Why don't we give the Lord thanks offering tonight? Amen. As we're doing that, church, can we uh, greet one another tonight? Amen. Good evening, New Beginnings Church. How are you doing today? Tonight? No, I don't think they're not. They're not. Uh, they're not excited. Oh, man, I'm telling you. You guys excited yeah, the, to the be Lord in the house is, of God? Lord is still working on them. Yeah, listen, they must you. have had a rough week like me. But let me tell you, if there's any place that you need to be when you've had a rough week, 
It is in the presence of the Almighty Amen. God because He can restore you. Amen. Amen. Uh, for that, He deserves praise. Amen. Well, church, allow us to just introduce ourselves. My name is Michael Romero. I'm your worship and arts pastor here at New Beginnings. And my name is Roxy de Santiago. It is also my honor to be part of your worship team. And church, we want to first and foremost welcome you to the house of the Lord. Uh, those watching from afar, we welcome you as well in our live stream. And uh, those maybe just listening at a later time, maybe on our YouTube channel or a Spotify podcasting or anywhere you're listening right now. We just want to welcome you into this service. Uh, church, we just want to catch you up on a couple of things that are happening uh, there's always something happening, um, but church, uh, we do regret some uh, bad news. Uh, we have been really excited about this uh, outreach opportunity, but unfortunately, we have some bad news. Um, if you have not been been let known yet, and if you have not found out yet, uh, our Clagato trip has been canceled. Uh, we found out Tuesday morning that our outreach trip to Clagato, Arizona, has been canceled due to the hosting pastor out in Clagato. She has some health battles that she's going through. She's kind of in and out of the hospital, and she's just kind of unstable right now. And so first and foremost, we want to pray for Pastor, uh, I believe her name is Pastor Maureen, uh, Maureen Woodman. And if we would please pray for Pastor Woodman uh, for her ultimate just healing and for this as she travels and navigates these waters, uh, it's no fun going through what she's going through. First of all, she's got to find out what she's going through. And so please pray for her and the congregation there in Clagato, Arizona, and the impact that she's making there because she's making a huge impact. And so the enemy's definitely coming to attack. Yeah, and for those of you who were planning on attend, this is not a lost opportunity. You can still pray for all those lives. Those lives that God intended for, for you to reach are still there. And you can still reach out through them through your prayer. Nothing is more powerful than your prayer for those lives. You may not know the faces. You may not know the people. You may not know the names. But right. God does. And your prayer to him will not be in vain. So Amen. continue to pray for those people that you were going to reach out to. So if, if again, if you have not been let known, you are now no, let, be let known. You're now notified. And if you please spread the word, we're also going to be trying to contact every single person that has been signing up. Uh, we've been trying to do that since we found out Tuesday. So... We're hopefully being able to do that, okay? Uh, and church, uh, this coming weekend, uh, ladies of the Church of God, we want to invite you to an amazing, amazing event to the Christian Women's Connection gathering that's going to be here on Friday and Saturday. That's right, Friday and Saturday. Yeah. It's an awesome opportunity for ladies to just share their ladies from across the state that are coming in. Um, to share uh, their lives and their experiences with you. There's an awesome speaker. Her name is Gail Joliff. She's been a pastor, an anointed woman of God, just to come speak life into us because sometimes we just, need a, we just need to hear it from a different perspective, right? Amen. So this is your opportunity to come. Um, there is um, a registration table out in the mall. Debbie Tate and Sharon Duffield are out there. Yep. So please stop by the table and register. And it's an better. amazing opportunity, family, to get to know the outside family from New Beginnings, to get to know the other congregations, our right. sister churches from around the state and the region. Right. Our church from El Paso, our church from Clovis, and the other churches represented here in Albuquerque are going to be here as well. Uh, their pastors and leaderships. It would be just an amazing time for you to get to know them as well, and they would love to get to know you. So it would be just amazing. So it's just, just grab another lady in your life, bring her in here. It's just going to be an amazing time. That's on Friday, and that starts at 3.30, and then it's an all-day Saturday event. I believe it starts at 8 o'clock on Saturday morning, and it's going to be just, right. of course, amazing time of worship. Uh, there's always a time of fellowship, which... Uh, church and ease, Christian ease, church of fellowship, time of fellowship. What does that mean, Rox? It means something to eat. That's right. Oh, Sister Rox, you were going to fellowship. 
We're going to have some pie. That's right. <laughs> we're going to have some chocolate. Yep. That's Christianese for we're going to eat really good. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's right. That's you're, a good time of fellowship. You're going to need napkins. That's all I'm going to right. say. And so come and join uh, the Christian Women's Connection Women of the Church of God. And that same day, uh, that's going to be happening in the youth center. And that same day, there's another amazing event coming, uh, happening here. It's an all-day event in this sanctuary. And that's going to be uh, America, America Awake. And it's going to be a 12-hour uh, prayer summit here in the sanctuary. And uh, I'll let Pastor Richie give, give you a little more, more detail. But it's just an amazing time that you guys are going to be able to, uh, if you guys want to sign up for that. And we've been pushing that on our Facebook, Pastor Richard, on his personal Facebook and so it's just, if you just want to be, obviously, if you can't be here for all 12 hours, that's okay. If you guys can stop in for like an hour or 30 minutes, that's okay too. That involves worship as well. And just great speakers from around the nation in this region and worldwide. Just so you know, it's, it's a national and worldwide movement that is happening. Right. Another national event that you all want to be aware of is the National Day of Prayer. It's on Thursday, May 4th. Um, and it is, it's usually downtown in the, in the, it is, is it still Civic there? Plaza. Civic Plaza. Civic I knew Plaza. it was a word for it, but listen, an amazing time for you to, to learn who you're, to meet with your brothers and sisters across the city mm-hmm. of Albuquerque and see that you, your church does not stand alone. There are believers in God who are willing to stand up on Civic Plaza and raise their hand and praise to the almighty Amen. because he's the God of our nation. Amen. And this is a day of prayer for the entire nation. So hopefully That's you can right. join us May 4th, 1130 to one. Yeah. Right. Nationally, nationally recognized, recognized day. day. Amen. Nationally recognized day. What nationally an day honor it is for us to be in a nation that has a day recognized as a national day of prayer. We are blessed to be in the United States of America. Amen. Can I just say that? Amen. And so this is going to be just an awesome worship team uh, that starts at 1130 and then prayer begins at 12 with keynote speakers uh, from across the city, just pastors and, and, and leaders from across the city. We invite you to be a part of that. So if you're not in the downtown area, maybe make your way. But if you're in the downtown area, it'd be awesome for you to be there. Hey, church, um, there's, a, there's a QR code that's popping up behind me right now. And if you're watching from home, there's a QR code in your, on your screen right now. If you want to connect with us in any way, maybe even submit a prayer request, that's the way to do it right now with the, with the QR code. Um, baptisms at the end of this month are going to be on the 30th of this month and we have child dedications on the second sunday of every month if you want to sign up for child dedications for our baptism service that is going to be uh uh, not this sunday but the next if you have not yet been baptized that's an important step of our uh, of our christian faith um i advise you hey sign up that way and we want to connect with you because we always connect with you if you reach out to us through that qr code um and shout out to Barbara and to Danette back there who always put the QR code exactly when we say it. Isn't, aren't they amazing back there putting up that QR code? Tell you what, they got to keep up with us. But that QR code is important for all kinds of things, including, you know, signing up for Parents Night Out and all the other events that we have, this, getting more information on CWC. It's also important for your giving. If It's easier for you to give electronically than, you know, that has a connection for that. And so in, in that regard, thank you, church, for your faithful giving. All these things that we're talking about here would not be possible without your faithful giving. So thank you. Um, for your giving, for your continuous giving that makes Amen. it all possible. Thank you so very much for your generosity, church. And with that, we turn over the pulpit to our senior pastor, Pastor Richard Mansfield. It's good to be in the house of God. Amen. Amen. 
What a great time of worship. Thank you, my brother. Appreciate it, George. You're welcome. <laughs> Guys, uh, I, I do want to invite everyone out on Saturday. Uh, we are having a great, great gathering. It's called Awake. And we're trying to bring an awakening of people's spirits, an awakening all across America. They're meeting in all 50 states. And when they came here to New Mexico, this is one of the sites they picked. And I feel honored to be able to host it. So please feel free to show up. It's from 9 in the morning till 9 at night. You can come for the whole entire day or just part of it. But it's going to be a great gathering. Young people, thank all of you that donated baked goods. They raised $900. Thank you all. They're going to be going to summer camp and a lot of other events. Young people, you're dismissed to go just give it up for Jesus. Give it up for these young people. Guys, I'm starting a new sermon series tonight. And it's a sermon series that I'm entitled, What We Need, What We Really Need. There's a lot of things that we think we need in life, but there's really only some things we need. There's a whole lot of things we want. And what we want and what we need are really two different things. And God says he will meet your every need, not your every want. But you know the kind of God that we serve? He spoils us. He gives us our every need, and then he throws in a few wants in there too. He just spoils us. He takes care of us. And today I want to talk about what we really need is security. Security to really know what God has for us. There's going to be two passages we're going to look at. We're going to look at Matthew chapter 6. And then we're going to jump over to Psalm, and we're going to look at Psalm 37. And we're going to dissect this and look at it and see what God has for us. Because there's components in our life for inner health. There's components that God has, has put into us and etched into us for us to really be able to grow and to really be able to accomplish those things that he has for us and for us to really be able to have an inner health. And, and we all need a sense of worth. If a person does not feel like they're worth anything, then they're constantly struggling with inferiority, an inferiority complex. They just don't feel like they measure up. And they're always trying to measure up, but the only one moving the stick and the measuring stick is them because they just don't feel that worth in their life. And we all need a sense of belonging. A sense of belonging really helps you feel secure because when you don't feel you belong, you feel very insecure. Haven't you ever shown up to a, a gathering, a meeting, a party, or something where you were the odd man out and you didn't know anybody and you walked in and you feel like everyone's staring at you and you feel like you don't fit in and you're like, oh my gosh, why did I even come? And you just feel weird. But see, God has this place of belonging for us. That's why we here at New Beginnings want you to feel like you belong. And God also wants us to have a sense of purpose to really know that you have a purpose in your life, that you have 
a calling in your life, that you have an anointing in your life, that you have something to live for because otherwise you feel really inadequate. You feel like, do I even matter to anyone or anything? So in this passage, starting in Matthew chapter 6, we're going to start at verse 25, and we're going to go through verse 34. And it says, that is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Now, this is Jesus, and Jesus is talking at what's known as a Sermon on the Mount. Now, Sermon on the Mount means he's preaching from a mountainside. It doesn't mean he's horseback riding and he's Sermon on the Mount, okay? He's not, he's not mounted on a, because they did a survey and they go, what's a Sermon on the Mount? And a lot of college students said, that's when Jesus was preaching on horseback. That's not the case. He's preaching on the side of a mountain and it's his very first public preaching. And it's a really awesome passage. It starts in Matthew chapter five and it goes through seven. But in chapter six, it says, that's why I, that's why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food to uh, have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life, he says, more than food and your body more than clothing? He goes, look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? He goes, can, your, can all your worries add a single moment to your life? Can you imagine if worrying added to your life? I would say at the count of three, worry. Ready? One, two, three, worry. No, it doesn't. And why worry about your clothing? I, what I wear to church tonight, I don't have a thing to wear, and you have 10 dresses hanging in the closet and eight pairs of slacks and six T-shirts and on and on and on, men and women. Why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing Yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautiful as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things. Saying, what will I eat? What will I drink? What will I wear? For these things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. So seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, I really pray that we could grab a hold of this to understand how not to worry and what we need to do to feel secure, what we need to do to know that you're going to take care of us. So help us in that tonight. I pray in Christ's name, amen. Look, People worry for a lot of reasons, but people worry because people fail to realize that they're significant. 
they don't think they're significant. They don't think they matter. They don't think that they really matter or have even been noticed by God or anyone else. And I'm telling you, people know that you're missing. People know that you're hurting. People know. That's why sometimes people go, are you okay? And you go, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. And you're lying through your teeth. And they can see it in you. And they're wondering, are you okay? Sincerely. They're not trying to be all busybody and mitotero. They're not trying to butt in your business. They're going like, are you all right? Because you look broken. You look hurting. You look like you have a need. And we don't feel significant. We don't. Yet he said right there in Matthew 6, 26, look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns and your heavenly father feeds them. Aren't you more valuable than they are? Of course you are. And if he's going to take care of them, he's going to take care of you, you and me. He's going to take care of us. So we've got to understand that. Another reason that people worry is because people don't know God. They just don't know God. Some people think they know God, and they're mad at God. If they're such a loving God, why am I going through this? Well, it's because you're stupid and make a bunch of dumb decisions. (laughs) Now, don't tell them that. But haven't you ever done some really dumb things? And then you go, golly, God, thanks a lot. And he's going, thanks a lot. You're the one that did it. I told you no 10 times. I said, no, 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 no. And you're like, yeah, I guess so. But you're still uptight. See, when you come to really know God, you realize that God is this loving, caring God that takes care of your needs. Look what he says. We're right there in Matthew 6. Look at verse 32. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. See, unbelievers are the ones thinking about these things. Unbelievers are the ones going, man, I don't know what's going on. But it says, but your heavenly father already knows all your needs. See, God, because he loves us, God, because he knows everything about us, he's lining things up for us so that everything will fall in place. Haven't you ever gone someplace and you've been praying and praying and crying out to God and saying, God, I really need you. I really need you. God, are you going to come through? And then you kind of forget about it and you're going through life. And all of a sudden you hit this place and you come to this place and all of a sudden, boom, 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 everything falls in place. And you're like, oh my gosh, I was so lucky. No, you were so blessed. You see, God took care of it. God met your needs. God saw you through. And we fail to see that. Another reason people worry so much is people don't know that God knows about them and their situation. They really think that God doesn't even know who you are. I've joked around a lot and I've I've said, but but look, I, you, you probably can't see anything, but if you can see, on my arm, there's a little dot right there, okay? That little dot. See that dot? That's the only tattoo I have on my body, okay? We were in the seventh grade, and we used to get a big pen and take the, the, the tip of it off and blow the ink on paper. And then you'd get a needle, and you'd dip it in there, and you'd go like that. I don't even know how to draw a straight stick person. And people were putting a little cross here or little three dots. And, I, and so I went like that and I dipped it again and went like that. And I go, this hurts and I'm stupid. You don't know how to draw. What are you doing? <laughs> so I put it down and I never did anything else. So people go, so what's that? I go, that's a tattoo. It's a, a, a view of the world from God's point of view. <laughs> And it's also a period, meaning period, it is finished. 
God will take care of you. Now, that really isn't what it means. It just means I was stupid and I was there poking myself and I said, that's dumb. But hear me. How many times have you poked yourself? You've done something really dumb. And you've done something that you dug yourself deeper and deeper. And what do they say? When you're in a hole digging, put the shovel down. Quit digging. But what do we do? Oh, I could do it. I could do this. Watch this. Watch this. And we just get dig deeper and deeper and worse and worse. And then we think, don't you care, God? And God's going, yes, I'm trying to help you. Put the shovel down. I have someone here to help you. But we don't understand that sometimes, and we don't grab a hold of that, and we need to understand that. That's why it says in the second half of, of, of Matthew 6.32, he says, but your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. He goes, unbelievers, they, 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 they don't get it, but your heavenly Father already knows your needs. He's going to see you through. He's going to take care of you. So we have to be able to hold on to that and not freak out and not worry and not stress and wonder what's going to happen, what's going to happen, what's going to happen, what's going to happen. What's going to happen is I'm going to trust in the Lord Jesus Christ with all my heart, mind, and soul, and he's going to see me through. That's what's going to happen. And another uh, reason people worry is because people fail to put God first in their life. And we just sang that song. If all of you means less of me, then take everything. Now, if you really mean that song, guess what? (coughs) He might ask you to give up some stuff that you're going to go, oh, wait, wait, wait. I didn't think you were going to ask me to give up the remote control. Really? You're going to ask me to give up my phone? For how long? For 24 hours? I can't even go without my phone for an hour. Some of you right now are on your phone. Pastor's telling us to give it up. He's stupid. (laughs) Put my phone down. God will have to remove it out of my hands. Man, he can. So see, we got to put God first. Look what he says. He says it right there in Matthew 6, 33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. He says, he says, seek the kingdom of God above all else, above all, all else, and live righteously. Live right. And he will give you everything you need. And do you know that the most common, the three most common worry points in a person's life are health, finances and family and people are worried about their health hey i don't know what's wrong it hurts when i go like that well don't do it don't do it (laughs) but all kidding aside you have aches and pains that you're like man what's wrong i was talking to this guy yesterday at at the physical therapy or today no it was today i went to physical therapy today and i see this guy he goes pastor what's up i go hey how are you and we're talking and, and he goes, man, getting old is tough, isn't it? I go, yeah, getting old is not for sissies. Man, it's, it's like, oh, my gosh, it's crazy. But some people at physical therapy are very, very young because even young people get sick. Even young people get injured. Even young people get hurt. Hear me, people are concerned about their health. Then they're concerned about their finances. 
what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Where am I going to lose money? I don't know what I'm going to do. How, how do I do it? What do I do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? Oh, my gosh. I, rent is already due. It. Golly, what is today? Today's the 19th, and I haven't paid rent. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? The car payment's due. The insurance is due. I already got a ticket for no insurance, and I got to go to court and prove I have insurance. Oh, God help me. What am I going to do? And then there's family issues. Family. Family dynamics are hard. Man, family. Look, there's this psychologist. He's not a Christian, but he's a very good psychologist. And his last name is Bradshaw. And Bradshaw says, if you're in a relationship with any human being, you're going to have conflict. And he's not talking romantic relationship. He just means if you're doing life with someone, at one point or another, you're going to have some tension. And isn't that true? Sometimes we just, man, I mean, if you're married, can't your wife act like an idiot sometimes? Oh, my gosh. Yes, ladies, we do too. Husbands can go brain dead sometimes. Children. Oh, my gosh. Have you noticed people that don't have children try to tell people with children how to raise their children? Oh, well, uh, you ought to try this. And then you're like, oh, shut up. Let me send my kids home to your house for an hour, see how you survive. (laughs) But there's dynamics that are challenging. Then can can you imagine, look, it's hard enough having children. Can you imagine... People like, don't, don't tell them I'm saying this, but Pastor Chris and Sister Sonia, they've got their own kids, but then they have 35 other men and women that are acting like little kids. No, I didn't say that. Men and, men and women, I, I didn't say that out loud. But I'm surprised Chris and Sonia have their hair. Because they're, they're just going like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. You know why? Because they're helping families reunite. They're helping families rebuild. Do you know that people in ministry, it's one of the highest jobs of heart attacks for pastors. And it's because we're trying to help people. And sometimes I'm the hero. Oh, pastor, you're the greatest on earth. Oh, you're the greatest. We love each other again. We're talking. You're the greatest. Another time, you're so stupid. Uh, We tried what you said, and it didn't work. We hate your guts. You're the worst pastor on earth. And then the next week, can we see you again? What for? (laughs) To take it out on me? But because family issues can be challenging. They're challenging. They're hard. It could just be you could be a single parent and only have one kid, and you could still have headaches with just one kid. Can you imagine those that have more than one kid? It's challenging. So what do we do? Well, if you turn with me to the book of Psalms 37, the psalmist writes some really awesome things to do. And in Psalm 37, starting at verse 3 through 7, he says, Trust in the Lord and do good. Then you will live safely in the land and prosper. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you your heart's desires. 
Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust him and he will help you. He will make your innocence radiant like the dawn and the justice of your cause will shine like the noonday sun. Then he says, be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. Don't worry about evil. Don't worry about evil people who prosper or fret about their wicked schemes. Oh, God, help us, Lord. Help us to understand then how to really get there, how to get rid of our worry and start trusting you. And the first thing we need to do is what it says right there. I need to commit. I need to commit, literally commit myself to have security. I need to commit myself. Look, in verse 5, we're in Psalm 37, verse 5. Look what he says. He says, commit everything. Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust him and he will help you. But you got to commit everything you do, everything you do. So you got to give it to him and say, okay, God, I want to do it your way. I want to do it in the way that I bless people. I want to do it in a way that honors you. I want to do it in a way that blesses you. I want to do it in a way that you're pleased with. I want to do it in a way that I am a blessing to others. And I want to do it in a way that I know that I know that I know in my knower that you are with me and I am for you and I am pleasing unto you. And you were saying, well done, my good and faithful servant. I've got to commit everything to him. We don't always commit everything to him. Sometimes we get upset. We don't want to commit everything to him because after all, we want to give people a piece of our mind. Don't give them a piece of your mind. Give them a piece of God's mind. Give them the mind of Christ. Tell them what God wants them to hear, not what you feel like saying. Give them a sign of peace, not a sign to make them even more agitated. Look, it's hard sometimes. Look, New Mexico was just named as the highest accident state in the nation. That's crazy, man. But that means that we have crazy drivers here. And some of them are in this room. Some of you have been saying, everyone's a crazy driver. No, it's that you're the crazy driver that's making everyone all stressed out. New Mexico, Albuquerque, New Mexico, has the highest pedestrian deaths in the United States of America. And it's because, one, we have distracted people. They're looking at their phone, crossing. They step off and get killed. There was a guy in our church, at the old church. He got off the bus, and instead of going to the crosswalk, he just crossed right in front of the bus. And a car was coming, didn't see him because the bus was there and got killed right there because he was looking at his phone. It happens in our city all the time. Distracted people and distracted drivers. And, and this is the city we live in. And because of that, sometimes we're bugged. We're bugged. Haven't you ever been trying to get someplace fast and it seems like the person in front of you is seeing if he could drive the slowest in the city? 
And you're like, oh, God, can I push this guy? (coughs) Please don't push him. Don't push him. So commit your driving to the Lord. Commit your temperament to the Lord. God, let my temper be tempered by you. Let my mouth be controlled by you. Be the guard over my mouth. Because haven't you ever said something really dumb and later you go, oh, oh." sometimes it's coming out of your mouth and you're trying to like, it's almost like, do you remember that movie, The Matrix, some time ago? And it's all slow motion and the words are coming out and you're going, and you're trying to catch the words and block their ears before they hear it. But then those words hit them and they go plastered against the wall and you're like, I did it again. Commit everything to the Lord. Second thing you need to do is we need to trust God to have security. Trust him. To have the assurance, to have security, to know that my God is with me, that my God is going to see me through. Look what it says right there in verse 3, or Psalm 37, verse 3. Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord and do good. So he's not saying trust in the Lord and do your malas, doing your mess up stuff. He's saying trust in the Lord and do good. Then you will live safely in the land and prosper. So he wants us to live good. He wants us to live right. He wants us to put things in the right place. In verse 5, if you jump down to that, it says commit everything you do to the Lord. Again, we just read it. Trust him and he will help you. So he's saying Trust in God, do good. God's going to put everything in place, but you got to commit everything over to him. So God, I'm going to trust you, but I got to commit because a lot of us say, God, I'm going to trust you, but we still commit ourselves to us and we commit ourselves to our way. So we end up doing things the way we think we ought to do it instead of the way he tells us we ought to do it. Hasn't God ever told you to do it a certain way and you go, yeah, yeah, okay, God, I got it, I got it, I got it. Hasn't your mom or dad ever told you, hey, son, daughter, don't do that. It's going to backfire on you. And they look at you like, if you have teenagers, they give you that look like, oh, my gosh, I have the stupidest mother on earth. My dad is just an idiot. And then everything that they told you was going to happen, happens. And they go, oh, now I'm going to hear, I told you so. (laughs) Well, maybe because your father and mother aren't as dumb as you thought. Look, when kids are 13, they think their parents are dumb. When they're 15, they know they're dumb. (laughs) When they're 18, they think their parents are complete idiots. When they're 21, they go off on their own and go, oh, my poor parents, they just don't have it together. (laughs) And then when you turn 30, you start realizing, man, my mom and dad aren't as dumb as I thought. And when you're 40, you go, oh, my gosh, my mom and dad are geniuses. (laughs) Because you find out they are really together. Man. Because you're finally getting it, and now you're starting to finally commit to some of their advice 30 years later, 
but their advice is still good and it's still true, and that's why we have to trust. We have to commit and trust. We have to commit and trust and trust and commit. And then if we're going to have that security and that peace and not stress and worry, we need to dwell. We need to dwell to have security. Look what it says in verse 3. Trust in the Lord and do good. Then you will live safely in the land and prosper. Dwell. Dwell in the Lord. That means you are really there. You're hanging out. You're almost saturated. It's almost like, man, if, if you know how to cook and you really want to cook a really good steak, best thing to do is let it soak for a while. Whatever you want to soak it in. People soak it in different stuff. Some people soak a steak in Dr. Pepper. Some people soak a steak in uh, Italian dressing. Some people Coca-Cola. Some people just whatever. But they let it marinate. It's like carne adobada. You buy that meat and you let it marinate in the red chili. Oh, baby, baby, baby. And the longer it's there, what? The better it is, man. Because there's some people that make carne adobada real fast and they just put the meat and they put some chili in and, and you're like, that was good. But the ones that marinated it for two or three days, oh my gosh. And you bite into that carne adobada and you go, oh, baby, baby, baby. Where have you been all my life? Burrito, mm, baby. Right? There's something about it because it was soaking. It was saturated in that chili. It was prepared. It was marinated. We need to marinate ourselves in the presence of God where people go, man, you smell like Jesus. I smell holiness. I smell righteousness. I smell love, joy, and peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Wow, I smell the fruit of the Spirit. You see, we need to dwell in the presence of God. We need to dwell there. We need to trust him. We need to do what he says. We need to really cry out to him. Do you spend time with God? Or is it kind of like a drive-through? You get to the drive-through. May we help you? Yeah, I'll I'll take a egg McMuffin and a, a orange juice. Uh, no, I don't want the meal. Um, yeah, that's all I want. Yeah, and and you hurry up and go through, and and when you get there, you're on the phone, and they're they're taking the next. There's not any any conversation. You hand them the money, then you go to the next window. They hand you the food. There's no conversation. And that's how some people are with God. It's real quick. Okay, God, I need an Egg McMuffin and some orange juice. <clears throat> Make it snappy. Hold up, papas, I'm not eating potatoes. And then you get there, and you don't even spend any interaction with him. And then you pick up the order, and you don't spend any interaction with him. Everything is rush, 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 rush. There's no dwelling. 
<laughs> Isn't it fun when you dwell? Isn't it fun when you get to go out? I took my wife out on a date the other day. And I said, I can finally sit at a restaurant long enough where it doesn't kill me. So I go, hey, I want to take you out on a date, but you have to drive because I'm not driving yet. And you know what she told me? Oh, my gosh. This reminds me of like when we first started dating because she had her driver's license and I didn't. (laughs) So she would drive to the end of the block and then we'd switch drivers and then I would drive. And we went out and we were able to sit there. And I said, the only phone message we will take is if it's our children or an emergency. And so we put the phones down and we got to talk and visit. And I was looking at her and I go, Cindy, do you realize we started dating when we were young kids? I was 14 years old. I go, and I still love you very much. I still look at you and I go, orale. Now, I was talking to somebody today, and we were talking about marriage. And this guy that I was talking to, his wife just recently died. And he said, you know what? I married them. I married them 29 years ago, but they were together 34 years. And he goes, Pastor, we were together 34 years, and not every moment was glorious, but it was awesome. And I go, right? I go, dude, does this ever happen to you? And any of you in a relationship, does this ever happen to you? You're bugged with your wife or your husband, and you're like, oh, my gosh, I've got to kill them right now. Till death do you part looks really good right about now. <laughs> but that you know they're in the other room, and you're like, hug, oh, I love her, and I love her, and I love him. Eco, right now I don't feel it, but I love him because you're still dwelling together. That's why it's not good to separate. I always tell people, if you're ever having problems and you think you need to separate, separate with a purpose. And that means we're still going to, we're not going to go dating. We're not going to go checking other men or women out. We're going to get counseling. We're going to just take a little bit of air to breathe and we're going to come right back together. See, there's something about dwelling together that you get stronger dwelling together that you grow closer, dwelling together that you share the load. God wants to share the load with you. And then he says, we need to delight. If we're going to have security, we need to delight to have security. We need to delight in the Lord. We need to delight in his presence. We need to delight. Look what it says right there in verse 4. He says, take delight in the Lord. Take delight. In other words, delight yourself in the Lord. Let it be a glorious time. Let it be a wonderful time. Let it be an awesome time. I mean, don't you remember when you first started dating? Man, you were like, hijo, I can't wait till it's almost 6 o'clock. I get out of work at 6. Now, what are you all in a hurry for? Yeah, I'm going to go see my girl tonight. 
I'm going to go see my guy tonight. We're going to go see each other. Dude, it's raining cats and dogs. Rain or shine. Snow or anything cannot keep me from her. It's like there was something that you looked forward to because you delighted to be in their presence. You couldn't wait. You couldn't wait to listen to their corny jokes and their corny stories. And she might have told you that story five times, but you still listened like it was the first time. And he might have told you that joke for the 10th time, and you still laughed like it was the first. You delight. You delight. He says, verse 4, take delight in the Lord. In other words, let it be a glorious time. I got to read the Bible. I got to read. No, no, I can't. Man, I can't wait to read the Bible. I can't wait to see what God has for me. I wonder what he's going to say to me today. And he will give you your heart's desires. That doesn't mean he's going to give you what you think you desire, you want. It means he's going to give your heart the desires that you should have. In other words, these are the things I need to desire. It's like, look, I don't know about you. I look forward to Wednesday nights. Not because I preach, but because I get to come into the presence of God. I get to worship God. I get to worship him with God and godly men and women that I love you guys. You guys are awesome. And then I get to share the word. And, and man, you guys are encouraging. You, you take in the word and you, you're trying to apply it to your life. And that's encouraging. And it's something awesome. I look forward to it. Worship on Wednesday, wow. Worship on Wednesday. And some people are like, oh, my wife and I are going on a date night. Date night. I don't even feel like going out on a date. I don't even think we even have money to go out on a date. My granddaughter asked me the other day, Grandpa, have you ever heard of a restaurant called the Dog House? I go, oh, baby, yes, it's delicious. She goes, yeah, I, I've never been there, but somebody at school was talking about the Dog House. I go, mija, I'm going to take you to the Dog House and get you a foot long, but I'll put chili on the side because I don't know if you can handle a chili. It could be a little spicy. I go, and get you a root beer float. Yeah, mija, that's, that's eating. Sometimes that's the only place we go out on a date night, Cindy and I. That's what's awesome about Cindy. I don't have to spend a lot of money. She's a cheap date. Because <laughs> you know what she tells me? I, no, she's not cheap. It, it just, I don't have to spend tons of money on her. Because you know what? It, she tells me, Richard, the only thing I want to do is be with you. And I'm like, oh, but let's go to the doghouse. <laughs> or let's go to Pelicans. Now, we don't go to Pelicans all the time. We haven't been there in a long time because I, I, it, it, could, it could be expensive. And sometimes even the doghouse could be expensive if you don't have a lot of money. So sometimes, guess what? When we didn't have any money, you know what we would do? We'd get bread tear it all up, go to Kingly Beach. We'd go feed the ducks. See, there's so many things you could do to just be together. 
But delight, delight in wanting to be together, delight in wanting to be with God. Say, God, I can't wait to be with you. It's going to be awesome to be with you, God. It's going to be wonderful to be with you. Oh, Lord, I just love you. I love being with you. And I bring the last thing in verse 7. We need to rest. Rest in the Lord to have security. Look what he says. He goes, be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. Man, that's the tough part, waiting patiently for him to act. Haven't you ever noticed sometimes God takes a long time? Have you ever been like, hello, God, anytime you want? And you know what God never is? He's never late. He's late on our terms, but not his. And he says right there, he goes, wait patiently for him to act. And don't worry about evil people who prosper or fret. (coughs) You know why? Haven't you ever noticed there's some people at work and they're getting blessed? Oh my gosh, I, I just got a brand new car. You don't know the headaches. They repossessed it five months later. They're prospering. It says, don't fret when with their wicked schemes. And you go, why'd they get away with it? They didn't get away with it. Oh, they might have got away with it for a little while, but not in the long run. You see, we have to put our trust in the Lord. So jump with me to the end of that chapter in Psalm 37. Look at verse 23 through 25. The Lord directs the steps of the godly, and he delights in every detail of their lives. And though they stumble, they will never fall, for the Lord holds them by the hand. Once I was young, and now I am old, yet I have never seen the godly abandoned or, or their children begging for bread. Because our God is faithful, amen? He is faithful. And I don't even know if you know our God. If you don't know Jesus, if you don't know God, and you want to know him today, and you say, Pastor, I really have never come to know him, and you want to do that today, raise your hand and say, Pastor, can you pray that I come to know God today? Anyone here today? Amen. Praise God. That's awesome. That is awesome. Anyone else? Anyone else? We want to pray with you, because this is an exciting time. It's really, I, I remember for me, it was like literally, I felt like I could see for the first time. So if you raise your hand, would you stand? We're, we're going to pray with you. If you raise your hand, we're going to pray for you. And would everyone pray? Say, Heavenly Father, tonight I say, I need you and I want you. Forgive me of my sins. Help me to grow strong. Help me to live right. I accept Jesus Christ as my Savior and my Lord and want to live it right in Jesus' name. Amen. Can you all come up here so I could give you just a high five? We are so excited for you. This is an exciting, exciting day. Oh, my goodness gracious. Sweetie, it's just an exciting day, young man. This is Pastor Chris, and he's going to give you a Bible and some some material.
that really help you in your walk. Praise God. Praise God. Oh, look at that. God bless you. Blessing, sis. Praise the Lord. Isn't God wonderful? Now, maybe you're at that juncture where you haven't been dwelling with God. You haven't been trusting Him. You haven't been committing to Him. You haven't been really seeking Him. And you're saying, man, when pastor said we really do dumb things, I've done a whole bunch of them. And today you want to say, okay, God, I, I really need to realign myself and do it right. So I don't know where you are, but would you stand with me? And I, I'll never forget when Pastor Michael introduced this song. He came to the office and he said, Pastor, oh, you got to hear this song. And he started singing it. And he couldn't even finish it because he was crying. You got to understand, Michael is not a very emotional person. Me, I'm a crybaby. I cry for Walmart's opening. <laughs> I used to not cry for anything. I was like, when I came to Christ, he opened the floodgates. And... But that day, Michael was singing this song. And he tried to get through it. And by the end of the song, all of us that heard it were just weeping, saying, God, if more of you means less of me, if more of you means less of me, please take everything. I'll give up whatever I need to, to dwell in the house of the Lord. Would you make your way up if you have a prayer request? If you have a prayer need, make your way up and we want to pray with you. We want to encourage you. We want to just give you a hug and let you know you're going to make it. Sing it as a prayer. You willingly die Your innocent life pay the cost Counting your status as nothing The king of all kings came to serve Washing my feet and Covering me with your love Sing this in If more of you means less of me Take everything Yes, all of you. Let's try and sing. Take every. Sing that again. If more of you. If more of you means less of me. Take everything. Yes, all of you is all I need. Take every. We lay it all down. You are my life and my treasure. You are my life and my treasure. The one 
and my treasure you are my life and my treasure the one that I can live without here at your feet my desires and dreams I lay down no here at your feet my desires and dreams I lay anything, Lord, without you behind them, Lord, that you would direct our path, Lord. You are my life and my treasure, Lord, the one that I can't live without. Love it. You are my life and my treasure, the one that I can't live without. You sing that, say, if more of you, can we just sing that again? If more of you, come on. Take him. Yes, all of you is all I need. Take everything. Take everything. Yes, all of you is all I need. Take everything. Father, thank you, Lord, for uh, tonight's message, Lord, that reassures us, Lord, of who you are, Lord, that you are the tower of refuge and of strength, Lord, our security, Lord, that the one that we can always run to. Lord, thank you, Lord, for the life-changing message tonight, Lord. I know we all needed, Lord, that beautiful reminder, Lord, of the truth behind your word. Lord, I pray that the word spoken here tonight, Lord, will be instilled in our life. Lord, that we not walk out the same person that we walked in as, Lord. That the water, that the seeds planted here tonight, Lord, will be continually watered, Lord, by those that we surround ourselves with, Lord, from this moment forward, Lord. That we take ourselves out of the way, Lord, and 
thank you, Lord, for our time tonight of worship, Lord, our time of teaching tonight, Lord, and how you're going to direct our step from this point forward, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, church, just a quick reminder, church, of a couple of things. Youth camp, sign-ups of what we spoke about, the announcements today. Very, very important. We love you, church, and we hope to see you guys on Sunday. God bless you guys. We see you guys then. Amen.